Hey, and welcome to the Weather Channel. I, Allie, personally know that when you're at rock bottom, it can feel like God is an emotionally abusive boyfriend. This podcast exists to disprove the theory that joy and goodness are only found in perfect circumstances. Here, you will hear real stories from people who, when faced with heart-wrenching circumstances, chose joy, whether or not it made sense. Hey, friends. Happy New Year. This is the first episode of 2022. I cannot believe that we are saying that. I am so excited to be back. I know that it has been a few weeks since we have released an episode, and that is very intentional. I took some really sweet time to go see my family and Ben's family and just be with our kids and enjoy this life that God has given us. And so we've been on break, but we are back, and I am so excited for you to hear this episode today. These friends are Chris and Steph, and we actually connected online, and their story is just so beautiful. I am not going to spoil anything, but this episode is about marriage. And so if you listen to this episode and you God puts somebody on your heart that would be encouraged by this message, would you listen and honor that nudge that God gives you today and send it to somebody who is in need of hope? Maybe their marriage is on the rocks or they're just frustrated. Um, maybe they are even recently divorced. I would love for you to send this to a friend to encourage them. That is the whole point of this podcast, to be able to send loving, encouraging messages into the world in a really easy way. Okay, now let's get started with Chris and Steph. Hey friends, good morning. I'm here with Chris and Steph who have just a gorgeous, gorgeous story that the Lord has written for them. And I am so excited for you to hear from them. So Chris and Steph, welcome to the weather channel. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thank you for being here and being willing, willing to share the things that the Lord has done in your life and go to those hard places. Would you share just a little bit about yourself with my audience? Yeah, we, I mean, we can just dive in but we as as people uh, before we dive into our story we're we've been married for a good long while uh mm-hmm. about had, 15 years had some had some bumps along the way uh, we have we have two kids and we make music about our story and try to do our best to be good stewards of what god has written for us and to help other people through that uh, through that darkness because it can feel so lonely you know mm. I love that. And so y'all have two kids and Steph, you said they're, what are their ages? They're eight and six. Eight and six uh-huh. and a boy and a girl, right? Yes. Okay. And y'all are in Nashville or just outside of Nashville, you said? Mm-hmm. We are. Yeah. We have okay. born and raised. We're the, the unicorn musicians who are actually from here. <laughs> That's amazing. Here. <laughs> That's amazing. And is music your full-time job? Yeah. It I is. Mean... It's, it's very music ministry and music are, they're so interwoven in what we do, but yes. Yeah, that is amazing. I love that. So I would love for you, I know a lot about your story, but I would love to know more. And I I'm excited to share y'all's story with my audience. So I would love for you to share your story and what the Lord has done in your life. Sure. We met when we were in high school on um, well, it was actually mission trip training where we met, uh, didn't exactly, uh, this is very flattering. It's what every girl wants to hear. Didn't exactly notice Stephanie. I remember seeing her, <laughs> remember seeing her 
And I do remember thinking like, hey, I want to go on this trip for different reasons. If this were a different trip or if I were more immature, I think I I might have been like trying to get in with you. But I actually <laughs> like I was like trying to put blinders on, but God still had other plans. And we um, we fell in love pretty quickly. Stephanie uh, had a boyfriend at the time. So, you know, there yeah, was that, that falling in love thing came after that. There was some there were some <laughs> guardrails up. So we weren't like making out on the bus oh or anything. Um, Not we, that we would have been doing that anyway. You, on, don't, on you this, don't know. On this youth mission trip that my dad and my brother were on. <laughs> you know. um, so, yeah, we went to college in the same town. Um, and which we, was where? Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's, um, just right up here, right up the road from us here in Murfreesboro, uh, MTSU, Middle Tennessee State University. Okay. Um, I was going for music. Stephanie was going for education and, um, we were just kind of like, I don't know. We, we, we got married halfway through college, uh, which was great. We thought it was the right thing to do. Uh, and, and I would certainly encourage people who want to get married in college that it's possible, but man, we have, I have so many caveats. I would tell <laughs> those people, yeah. um, you know, cause we looked really good on paper. Uh, we were worship leaders, um, uh, for lots of ministries and, um, like we were in church pretty much every time that we could be. Um, but you know, kind of behind the scenes, I think we just, we didn't know what we didn't know and we didn't, we didn't involve people in our, in our marriage, in our lives. Um, and that's kind of what the church is meant to be. It's meant to be a place where we can share and, and sharpen each other. But we were just kind of hiding or not hiding, but we just didn't even know um, what we didn't know. So I started going through this season of doubt in my life where um, I was asking really good questions. But because of my own lies that I was believing, I thought that like people who were kind of in leadership roles couldn't 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 have doubts. And so I hid everything. And that opened the door in my life for, for Satan to, uh, to enter in, for the enemy of God to, to kind of whisper some new lies to me and tempt me. And there were plenty of things to be tempted by in the music industry. And we were so busy that I had plenty of opportunities to, you know, be out with friends and uh, we would miss each other a lot. And so things just kind of started to deteriorate. Mm. And Steph, what did your life look at that time? I love your perspective, Chris. Thank you for sharing. I would love to just hear where you were at too, Steph. Yeah, I, I definitely in that season of our just early marriage, I, I was just busy. I mean, I was, I was teaching and anybody who has been a teacher knows those first couple of years are crazy time consuming. Mm -hmm. And I was I don't know why in my brain I thought it was a smart idea to get my graduate degree at the same time. So I was doing that as well. So it was easier for me to just keep going, assume everything's going to be fine. We're just, we're just busy. Like this is a season, it will get better. And I can be, I think, uh, optimistic to the point of just being kind of naive and ignorant to what's really going on and not taking the time to stop and like really assess my, I mean, my own soul and heart and just what's going on in our marriage. So I definitely just kind of assumed the best and didn't press in. Mm. Okay. So you are in this season of not being rooted in the church and allowing Satan to get a foothold on you. And what happened after that? What yeah. did that lead to? The crazy thing is that 
we were, we were like, we had Southern roots in the church, uh, which means that, you know, you go to church and you say that you're fine and uh, you don't actually like bump up against people in their real lives. And yeah. Um, I don't think that's a particularly Southern thing, but, Mm -hmm. um, but especially, I, especially Southern, I would say, (laughs) I I know what you mean. Yeah. We've been, we've seen God, God moving all across the country and there's Mm -hmm. definitely, there's similarities everywhere, but yeah. Um, so I, I kept leading worship. I kept, um, I kept serving and all the while, you know, my, my behavior, my, my pattern, pattern of sin, in my life is is taking more and more of a hold. Uh, my doubts are getting bigger. The lies are becoming um, more more fruitful. I don't know how else to say it uh, in my life. And I started to you know doubt if God was even real at all. And um, instead of talking about it, I just kept hiding. Mm. And I had plenty of places to to find cope. You know, to to cope with a lot of that shame that I felt. Um, and it got to the point where I was, you know, leading worship Sunday morning, but Saturday night I was out doing God knows what, and I, and I didn't even believe in God anymore at that point. And, uh, you know, at that, at that point, this, uh, this new lie had taken root that, you know, maybe I'd, maybe I'd be happy if I wasn't married anymore. Cause, uh, surely it couldn't be. It couldn't be the fact that I'm just a complete fraud and not living my life authentically. Uh, there was so much violence going on in my heart um, that I believed that lie. And um, over years, it just kind of cultivated. And, and finally, one night in January of 2010, I sat Stephanie down, who was completely oblivious, as she said, kind of naively optimistic. She probably knew that there were some things going on, but... I said 14 words that forever changed our lives. I said, I don't believe in God anymore and I don't want to be married anymore. And I left. I hated to break her heart, but it felt like something I had to do. I felt like in a weird way, it's kind of like ripping the Band-Aid off. You know, I'd convinced myself that she would be better off and that I would be better off. Um, Yeah, and I left. Mm. And Steph, what was going through your head at that time? Would you give us a glimpse of what what that looked like for you? Yeah, that like he said that night that he told me that I I I knew that some we were in a we were struggling uh, as far as our communication, and I had noticed some little things about maybe him wrestling with his faith. But again, I just thought you know he's wrestling, that's good. We'll come out stronger, right? Um, so, so even with the little, I don't know, the little hints of maybe some things aren't quite what they should be. I, I felt completely blindsided, like a rug being ripped out from under me mm. that night. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't even process. I couldn't talk it out. Like he's, I don't, it's like a blur <laughs> I had that night. Cause he says, I didn't even talk for like 30 minutes at one point in the conversation. Cause I just couldn't compute what was happening mm-hmm. um, as my very logical <laughs> internal processor brain that I have. Um, I remember like chasing, kind of chasing you, not chasing you, but like uh-huh. following <laughs> you around the house, like yeah. just mm-hmm. trying to get you to talk or say anything. And you just, you know, just couldn't, couldn't process. Yeah. So from mm-hmm. there, I mean, I couldn't, there's nothing that I could do. 
to change his mind. We we talked, you know, we still lived together for about a month. We'd, you know, we'd have arguments and try to, you know, I'd try to convince him of why he should stay or, or of God, you know, of how good he'd been to us and it didn't matter what I did. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't make him stay. And so I ended up moving in with my parents and he quickly filed for divorce. Mm. And how long did it take for the divorce to be final? I think it was, I mean, I sat her down in July and I think we... No, in January. January, sorry. And I think everything was kind of finalized in like June or July. By the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it all just happened so fast. Mm-hmm. And did you have kids at the time yet? No. We did not. We did not. Okay. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think, I think that's one reason why I felt like I was okay to do it. Cause I had a dad who left and he mm-hmm. passed away when I was 12 and he was never really a part of my life, but I don't know. I don't know if that would have, I think kids probably would have changed things for me, mm-hmm. but thank God they didn't have to go through that and we didn't have to find out. Yeah. So uh, spoiler alert. So y'all are obviously remarried, <laughs> but yeah. how, how long was it between that point when, I mean, basically January when you had separated and then, or divorced and then to when you remarried or even started talking again, how long was yeah. that period? Um, so it was, it was a little over, uh, it was, let's see, it was like eight months. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and we, and we kind of talked maybe on and off for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were, there was a solid like six months where we didn't, mm. or more where we didn't talk at all. Um, and to, to back up a little bit, you know, I talked about how I believed a lot of these lies and she mentioned too, she knew that things were going on in my head and, and we tell this story a lot, but I still try to really, I want to be really present to the moment. And I don't, I guess I don't talk about this too much, but you know, I was reading a bunch of books and I was having meetings with these people and I was I was doing all of that seeking, um, you know, reading good books about like people who doubt their faith or whatever. And um, looking back, um, I think I was really just feigning effort. I was feigning this attempt to really try. I'd kind of already made up my mind uh, and I was just sort of finding what I was looking for. And a lot of people will ask us like, you know, so-and-so, you know, my husband or my wife or whatever, they're they're, they've left and they just seem so different or like, and, and I think a lot of times what, what that fog that feels just like a fog to people they're like, I just can't seem to get through to them. I think what that was for me was that I've said that I was like a, a, an iron fist with a velvet glove. Like I hated to hurt people, but it didn't matter. I was just like bulldozing forward. After I told Steph, I didn't want to be married. I met with, I mean, a dozen of our friends but like I had already put my head down. I knew what I was doing. I knew what I had to do and I hated hurting everybody, but it was at the end of the day, like it was worth it mm-hmm. to, for, for me to be happy, you mm-hmm. know? So God really took me on a journey that summer and I got to um, really pursue all the things that I thought would make me happy and, and be the authentic me that I, that I, that I had been in the, in the dark, and now it was just coming to light and um, 
the Bible has something to say about that, that things are exposed when they come to the light. And that's kind of what I experienced. You know, I, I'd kind of been living two lives for so long. I'd convinced myself, you know, I had I actually had friends. I had good friends. We had good community now. Um, we kind of were in a church that valued that. Um, and I was still living this lie and I was still, you know, drinking drugs, friends, all of that. So it was like, in my mind, I'm going to be able to do all of this stuff that I think actually makes me happy, but I'm also sacrificing and leaving the safety, the protection, the community, the friendships, the, 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 the a wife who loves me and, and, and feel that. So as I left all of that anchor, all those anchors went away and now it's just exposing and getting to do all the things that feel so good. And, um, mm. Shocker, they fail us. Those idols fail us. Uh, I say a lot. It's like, you know, swiping a debit card with no money in the bank, you know, it, or actually, uh, people don't write checks anymore, but you could actually, you used to be able to write a check with no money in the bank and it would work, right? It would work for a minute, but then it would bounce and you'd get charged out the wazoo. So that's what I experienced. I got to do more of what I thought would make me happy, get into new relationships with, girls who didn't care that, you know, there was no accountability. It was like, I could be who I thought I really wanted to be and do what I wanted to do, but it all came crashing down because one of those, one of those relationships ended and the way that it ended, um, uh, really, really just exposed me to who I really was and mm. to, um, you know, it's a big church word, but depravity, you know, but at the end of the day, it just exposed me to the the brokenness of the ideas that I had given my life to now to the lies that I had chased after. Mm. And I, um, was waking up in cold sweats and I was, um, battling anxiety. And I even had like physical manifestations of, of like stress and like in my body, like I was actually mm. having to go to like physical therapy and stuff. So it was, it was a really, really dark and hard time for my in my life. But that was, <laughs> that is where God showed up. And even though I had all of these really great intellectual arguments and all of these really great ideas and thinking I was so smart and uh, God really found me through my broken heart, through my mm -hmm. brokenness, because, you know, we're, yeah. we're a whole person. We're a mind and a body and a, and, and a soul and a heart. And so, um, he found me through my heart, which I had neglected for so long and kind of coped and pushed down. And I just started being honest. And through that, things started coming to life for me. Reading the Bible was like this completely new experience um, yeah. because I was just honest and trying and seeking and I had nowhere else to go. So I just was crying out to God and, 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 and he was there. And um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing. That is so it's, I mean, it's the epitome of, of our depravity and the Christian faith. And, and I, that's, that was just so beautifully put. So thank you for sharing so vulnerably. And, um, I love how you said that it was a physical manifestation of what was going on in your heart. I mean, for people listening who, who don't know Jesus, they may be experiencing the same thing and they may not even realize it with the anxiety and the, mm -hmm depression or, you know, so many things that, that could be going on in their life. And, and the answer is Jesus. So thank you for sharing that so vulnerably. 
I would love to hear how, as you were alluding to how the Lord brought you back together and what that looked like for, for both of you. Stephanie has her story to tell of what God did for her during that time. Um, but, um, I could kind of finish my part up Mm -hmm. uh, by saying that, um, through that season of just kind of rebirth and regrowth, you know, I've, I met Jesus when I was in high school, but this was something different, you know, uh, and through that season of seeking and finding and, and hearing from the Lord and just feeling like he's pouring into me in this beautiful way. Um, and, and, and to listeners who have legitimate doubts, like that took years to process, but I had an encounter with, with God through my brokenness and, um, my faith is stronger than it's ever been, but those doubts didn't go away. It was just, I got to see them in a different light and in a different perspective. So, um, through that season, I started to hear this new whisper, only it wasn't like, uh, the lies that I'd heard before it, um, I felt like it was God's voice. Um, and I ignored it for a good while, um, just because of the damage that had been done, but it it became so apparent and so loud and so obvious to me, uh, that God was uh, speaking specifically to me that I couldn't ignore it anymore. And it wasn't an audible voice, but, um, it might as well have been. And that voice was telling me to pursue Stephanie again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was in a very different place <laughs> than he was at that time when God told him that. She wasn't getting that, that text, that message <laughs> yeah, from God. Yeah. <laughs> we were on different wavelengths. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, like Chris said, I had, I had my own journey, my own faith journey that I needed to go through. It's so important for people to hear too. Yeah. Even as, as the person who could very easily and did play the victim, you know, at, at the beginning of all of it thinking, you know, I did, this isn't my fault. I didn't cause this. I didn't want this. I never wanted divorce to be a part of my story, but God very graciously over that season showed me that I, man, I wasn't faultless. I wasn't righteous without him he just showed me that my sin was just easier to hide it was there was all this pride and self-righteousness and things that I brought into our marriage that that was difficult it was difficult um to be with you know and um again not that speaking to anybody who has been the one who has been left or betrayed it's not it was not, I remember with the counselors, like it was not your fault. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't say, oh, well, you know, it was my fault. But obviously marriage takes two people all in, you know, serving each other, laying down their lives for each other. So, um, so fast forward as God is doing a work in me and I'm, I'm really learning for the first time what it feels like to rely on him for everything because I had always been so self-sufficient and grew up in a very in a wonderful Christian home in the South and didn't, I didn't really have, I don't think I saw the need for him in, in my life truly. And so it was an experience I, I wouldn't want to walk through again, (laughs) but I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't take it back for anything because of what I learned about myself and about who I am in Christ and, and who, yeah, just who God is to me now. And, and so when when Chris reached out to me and we met for the first time in months and he shared that 
Uh, we that God told him we should be together again. This is after like two hours of conversation. True. <laughs> I didn't just like show up and hey, guess what? <laughs> yeah. I still think my timing was off. I'm a I'm, little bit, you know. I think I could have picked a little bit better moment <laughs> or, or, or waited a little bit. No, I didn't. It's not that I immediately said no. I will never. You know, uh, I had forgiven him, and I had seen, as the Bible says, I saw a new creation in him that that night. Uh, but I also knew, I think for the first time in my life, that I didn't know everything, and I, we needed to involve people in this, and I didn't want to just trust our own emotions and, and feelings through it. So, you know, we did several months of separately doing counseling, involving our pastors, inviting people to pray alongside us, and everybody was in agreement at the end of that season that we should go for it, and, mm. you know, we we believe in a God who redeems and a God who brings dead things to life and so Mm. we started all the way over started went on our first date again second first date and then within a few months we're remarried oh my goodness that is so beautiful Steph you mentioned that uh you learned new things about who God was and you saw him in a different way would you share with us who you saw God to be and and Chris, if you have, you know, things to add, I would love to hear. I love to talk about who God really is because on this podcast and in real life, but because I think, especially when we're raised in Christian homes, or if we've been in the church for any amount of time, we form this idea or even not in the church, we form this idea of who God is. And the enemy is the, is the liar, the great liar. And so he tells us, just lies about who the Lord really is. And so I love to combat those lies with who he actually is. So I would love to hear how God revealed himself, who, who you saw him to be during this time. Sure. I think for me, and just, I think a part of my personality, just growing up in the church, I, I knew all the right things to do. I knew all the right things to say. I was really good at being a good Christian girl Uh, But I think that really put God in a box in my head um, as the logical thinker that I said, um, where I knew a lot about him. I knew a lot about his character, but I don't know that I had fully experienced him in the way that he wants us to experience him in a personal way. I think, um, you know, when you would hear that, that Jesus died for our sins, it was like, it was like a a blanket collective thing. Like he died for all of us. And I think going through what I went through was the first time that I felt that I felt the personal, no, like he loves me, (laughs) like not just the collective. Oh, he loves everyone. Like it just became a really personal thing for me. Um, And even just, Oh gosh, just the experience. I remember one night just being, and I'm not typically, I've never really dealt with anxiety, but I remember one night, uh, you know, after the divorce, just feeling so overwhelmed. I think it might've been the middle of the night and I'm probably on the verge of a panic attack. I don't know. I've never even, I've never experienced that before. And I remember just crying out and just, and then like, it was just this whoosh, like gone. (laughs) It was like this, this anxiety, this attack, this spiritual, whatever was going on. It was like things like that just made it so much more real and tangible like his presence was so much more real than i think i'd ever experienced before i was looking back through my strengths finders and um connectedness is is one of them is one of my like top strengths and so it was almost like in in my 
in my seeking, I had really put God in an intellectual box where I really wanted to intellectually ascend or be able to prove that he was real. Um, and, or, or at least, actually, I think I probably wanted to prove that he wasn't real, but um, mm. through that season, it became very clear to me um, that there is something much deeper going on. You know, John and his opening talks about, you know, um, the Logos and this ex God being love is a big theme. Um, and so just that God is relational. He's not something that you can just intellectually get to, you know, you can't think your way into a relationship with God. Um, and saying that God is love, well, there's something deeper about that too, because, you know, we can explain what happens in our brain when we're in love with somebody. Like you can image the brain and say, okay, well, here's the, here's the chemicals that are released. And here's kind of the, the way that your brain hums physically when you're in love. And we can talk about it until we're blue in the face, but you can't actually know what love is until you step into it and experience it. And I think that is what I, what God revealed to me uh, in that season is that he's something to be experienced. He's something to be related to and related with, you know, we mm -hmm. have a spirit of God in us. The mm -hmm. spirit of God works in us. That's relational, you know, that's, and so, um, yeah, I could keep going. I'll probably start preaching if I keep going. <laughs> Y'all have already been preaching to my heart and I know <laughs> you will be to my audience as well in a few weeks when they hear this, but I would love just for you to share one thing, um, and you already have, so this is the perfect segue into this question, but I would love for you to maybe each or collectively share one thing that you would love for somebody going through a similar heartbreak to know. From my perspective, I think first and foremost, for people to know they're not alone is important. <laughs> and we hear that a lot when we, um, we do get messages every single day from people through social media and email going through something similar. But first, you're not alone. Um, I think second, and the thing that, that I clung to as I was walking through the worst of it was, was all so many scriptures that say, God is not going to waste that season. You know, he's not, he's not going to waste your pain. He's not going to waste the time that you might feel like is wasted and your, you know, your vision of where your life is headed, um, that he's going to use it and it's going to be turned around for your good and his glory. And praise God, I'm on this side and I can see so clearly how that, how that is true, whether Chris had come back or not, you know, if, even if, if the work that God did in our hearts while we were apart, if that's where it ended and our lives never intersected again, what Jesus did, what God did in that season, like that would have been enough. Mm. Yeah. You add, there's other things I could say, but <laughs> yeah, I'll just blow more air into that balloon. Um, I think, I mean, I think both sides of our story are important. Um, and of course I would do this. I, I think Stephanie's is, is just Stephanie's side of the story is just so powerful and so needed uh, in a world where our culture just, culture is sick. You know, we're, we've, we've placed our, our, our hearts into things that won't satisfy us. And we're seeing that in all of these rising rates of, you know, anxiety and depression. And I'm, that's not to heap more shame on people 
Um, I'm just speaking collectively as a society, you know, mm. and um, I think that scripture reveals, um, we were even talking about Pharaoh the other day and, and this thing about God hardening Pharaoh's heart. And what does that mean? And um, I was just doing some research and looking into it. And, um, you know, God's heart was to bless his people. And Pharaoh was standing in the way of that. And what that story, I think, is to teach us is that even things that are meant to stop God's blessing, things that are meant to harm us, things that are meant to keep us from what he wants for us, even if that, that thing seems like it succeeds in the short term, God is good enough to actually take what is evil and he can you like almost guide and direct that evil thing to a good end uh, you know and we see that in in the crucifixion and resurrection you know that you know the enemy thought that 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 it had won that he had won but mm-hmm. god actually used that to bring all of us salvation and Amen. and i think that resonates in our lives of brokenness it re- it's just what we hear over and over and over that we give people hope mm-hmm. we i think our greatest fear is that people would hope in the ending that we have mm-hmm. hope in you know something being tied up nice in a bow sometimes we oh my gosh we are we walk in such humility that we get to live that out um, and we don't deserve that mm-hmm. um but but what I want people to have hope in is in the God that redeems all circumstances, even when we don't get the ending that we want. It just takes surrender and it takes an openness to what he might be doing, which I think is why Stephanie's story is so powerful that she could have gone very, very victimized, very hurt. Um, and she was very hurt and there was a season of grieving, but her openness to what God wanted to do in that season is just so needed and powerful because he will take it and turn it around and, and make your life better than you could have imagined. Yes. It just, it just might not look like what you thought it would. I think what, what Stephanie learned and what we both kind of learned is we both tried to control. Mm-hmm. We both tried, I tried to control my life and that I, I, I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I think we don't, we don't have control <laughs> and this illusion of control is what brings so much suffering Mm. and to open our hands and to like i said be open to um, what god wants to do not in our our idea of what it should be but in his idea of what he can make it yeah i think in a we have a song called take this that's about my journey through about really that specific thing of of me learning that i i just tried to cling so hard to make it happen on my own and it wasn't until i let it go that he could even take it you know mm. that he can take it from me and and so and just to throw it out there if if you know you guys that are listening if you have more questions for us or you're struggling we truly do see what we do as ministry first and we see our social media inboxes as the ministry that we do every day so please don't hesitate to find us it's just out of the dust music anywhere instagram facebook uh, our website out of the dust music.com. We'd love, we'd love to pray for you and walk through this with you as best we can. We see an answer every message yeah, that comes ourselves, through. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
I love that. Y'all are online and you are available and your ministry and your music is just such a beautiful testament to what the Lord has done in your lives. And I'm so grateful for what he's done and your willingness to share. So thank you for being here today and, and being willing to share and friends who are listening, make sure that you do find Chris and Steph online. Um, they, their ministry is beautiful and there is so much more of their story on their social media channels and through their music. So make sure that you find them. And for those of you who are listening, who are in need of encouragement or hope, I hope that you have heard today that seek Jesus. It is not always wrapped up in a pretty bow, but also sometimes we need other people. We need to hear about how God has worked and been faithful in other people's stories. So reach out to them, ask questions, get involved in a small group, or maybe go to church for the first time this weekend. If you are searching for hope, because through what Chris and Steph have shared, that is the message that, that God shares with us through his word. And that is, he is wooing us to him. And those are the places that we can find him through his people, through his word, through his church. So thank you, Chris and Steph, again, for sharing and being here. Absolutely. Thanks thank you. for having us. Thanks for the opportunity. Hey, Weather Channel community. So I realized that some of you were not here when I was battling cancer. And so you may not know the story behind our t-shirts, but just as I was finishing my first full year of chemotherapy, I was told that I would need a stem cell transplant. This was after I was already in remission, after I thought I was finished. I was so disheartened and honestly angry when I heard this news. I just wanted to be done. I didn't think that I had one more day of fighting left in me. I was so tired. I was tired of hospitals being away from my girls, tubes, lines, infusions, being poked and prodded, all of the things. And I begged God to give me endurance to continue fighting. I begged him to give me joy and to provide financially for our family as I continued to fight. And rarely have I heard God respond to my prayers immediately, almost audibly. But on this particular day, when I heard that I had to have a stem cell transplant, he did. And he whispered to me, I have and I will. I have been faithful and I will be faithful. And when you hear from the Lord, sometimes all you can do is mutter, mutter a very humble and quiet response. And my response to him was, you have and you will. And this phrase, you have and you will, became so meaningful and so powerful for me that we decided to put it on a t-shirt so that on the good, bad, and ugly days, I could literally clothe myself in truth that God has been faithful and that he will continue to be no matter how grim my circumstances looked. And today that shirt is on sale for others who need this same reminder. So if you want to grab a t-shirt, one of our tees or tanks, for yourself or for a friend or family member or as a group of friends championing someone else in need of this truth right now, you can do so on sale at allychristian.com slash tease, or you can tap the link in the show notes. 
Thank you for joining us today. I hope you're not falling for a lie that you could never be holy enough to respond to your situation as our guest today did. I know that's sometimes where my head goes when I hear stories of holy struggle, so can I remind you that you have everything you need to respond the same way? Jesus offers hope in our pain, and it usually only requires a perspective shift to notice it. So whether it's time in his word, going for a walk through creation, or a heart-to-heart with a friend, this is your weekly reminder to take time to snatch that much-needed perspective shift. Thank you.